Well FNQ and our series on everything dementia. This is Neela and I'm here with Claire to talk about mealtimes. We will be discussing the importance of mealtimes, changes that happen with increasing age, as well as some of the problems that those living with dementia can face. We'll talk about the importance of being with the person at mealtimes to see how they are managing and some helpful hints on how to adapt to ever-changing situations around eating. Mealtimes can be such a joy, and for me especially sweet things. If chocolate had all the nutrients to sustain life, I'm telling you, I would eat nothing else. Unfortunately, it doesn't. Hey, Claire, what's your favourite thing about mealtimes? Hi, Neela. It's great to be back again. Um, look, I'm, I really enjoy cooking. Uh, I really like preparing food, but I also enjoy eating it a lot. <laughs> but there's a lot of things... Um, different things that are involved in many times when you think about it. It's a time for family, it's a time for socialising, for sharing food around the table. It's something, you know, it's very traditional and, you know, gives you a sense of belonging and time to slow down and rest, probably, Neela. Yeah, well, absolutely. I've got to admit that my family times when the kids were home from school when they were young and to find out about their day and what they enjoyed and what they were doing was, was a really very special time. I also had a friend who worked in France and her work actually had a mandatory two-hour lunch break. And I don't know if they do this all over France, but they certainly did it at her company. They all got together. They took their time. They chatted about life, solving the world's problems. They weren't allowed to talk about work, um, but they were really mindfully eating, I suppose, and they ate less and they digested it well before moving on unlike us wonderful Australians who have a half-hour lunch break if we're lucky. We eat as much as we can, as fast as we can, and then then head back to work. Or, like I do a lot of the times, I'm eating at my work desk and not taking a break at all. What's that got to do with our systems, Claire? I know, Neda, I'm really guilty of that. I don't think I've ever taken a lunch break when I've been working, but I think that's something that we nurses do. And you you don't even realise what you've eaten until you've eaten it. And sometimes you don't even realise what you've eaten after you've eaten it. And it's not mindful at all. And it can't be good for your digestion when you're shoving everything in really, really quickly. And then just, oh, the feeling afterwards is just awful. Well, it does. Awful. And it makes you, it, I mean, I don't know about you, but I always find that I would always do my best work in the mornings. Because after lunch, I just want to sleep. Whereas exactly. I'm pretty exactly. sure if we had two-hour meal breaks, we wouldn't feel that. We'd be very rested and feel comfortable yeah, and not bloated. Be really good. Yeah. Mm. Well, I tell you, I, I did work in Honduras at one stage, um, and they had a siesta because they didn't yeah. have any air conditioning and it was just too hot to work. So we worked from sort of six in the morning through till lunchtime, and then yeah. we'd have our lunch and then we'd have a nap and we'd sleep for two or three hours because it was just too hot to do anything else. And then we'd get up and do another four hours' work, and that was brilliant. You feel rested, yeah. and your mind was uh, fresh to start again. It would be, yeah, it would be great. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, really, it's very important to take your time with a meal, and where possible, use it to engage with the person and share the experience. Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. With normal ageing, though, I'm going to start the ball rolling now um, with what we can expect as we advance in our years. And I must stress that it, I'm only going to be talking about common problems and it certainly won't happen to everybody. Our stomachs get slower to empty. And what that means is that we stay fuller for longer. Um, we can get a reduced appetite, which might come from that feeling of feeling fuller for longer. But it also can be another 
a number of other reasons, like the reduced ability to taste salt and possibly bitter things. And this can make the food taste really bland, so eating isn't a joy that it used to be. Our sense of smell gets reduced, so smelling lovely things like bread cooking or onions frying that stimulates our glands in our mouth to produce saliva. And it's this that makes us feel hungry. And without that, you know, not having that saliva and that, those yeah. smells that make you feel hungry, you, you don't get to look forward to eating. You can also get an increased reflux or heartburn, especially when we eat certain types of food. We maybe are less active and therefore less hungry, so we haven't worked up an appetite. And hormones which change with age can also cause reduced appetite. It can cause weight loss or weight gain. Other things that can affect our eating that are not necessarily a part of ageing, though, but they're things like the side effects from medications, which can cause a dry mouth. And let me tell you, it's almost impossible to swallow without saliva to moisten the food and help it slide down. Have you ever had that, where you've had a dry mouth, Claire? Oh, it's terrible, and You just can't get dry stuff down. And, you know, if you haven't got plenty of gravy on it, it makes it very difficult. <laughs> but there's lots of other things, too. You know, as you get older, your teeth aren't as great as what they were sometimes you have sore gums if you're like me you never go to the dentist and some people of course have ill-fitting dentures and they can't even tell you but you know they might be pinching on them or they fall out or they're just not chewing up properly mm. and they can have pain anywhere oh, as yes. you get older you've got you might even have arthritis in your jaw god forbid but you know sometimes that can be an issue if you're trying to hold down a big big piece of steak mm. absolutely and one of the things I was just thinking when you said that was that if you have, I've been in a restaurant where they've served a meal and the meal has been so big that I've looked at it and thought, oh, I can't eat that. And I feel a bit overwhelmed and actually a little bit queasy and I actually don't even want to start eating it. Has that happened to you? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm. You know, and it, as you said earlier, you lose your sense of smell too. And if it doesn't smell good, you don't even like it or you're not sure what it is, you know, it's very, very difficult, especially as you get older. That's true. And, and it's not just that reduced sense of smell. As you said, if it's something doesn't smell right, it just reminded me of my son. He hates the smell of tuna. My daughter and I love tuna Mornay, and I used to cook that a lot when they were growing up. But he would, I'd have to cook him something else, and he would have to take his meal into another room because otherwise he couldn't eat his meal. He hated the smell of tuna so much. Isn't that bizarre? I have a husband just like that. <laughs> So these are just some of the normal things that stop us eating now. Um, yeah. So let's look at some of the problems with those people that are living in, with dementia and things they might face. So I'm just going to list them and then we'll look at what perhaps we can do about them. So recognising the food as something to eat might be a problem then. The messages might not be getting through. They might yeah. not recognise the cutlery as a tool to help you to eat. They might not be able to stay on task for the whole meal. So they'll start it, but then they will drift off. Not being able to initiate the task, once they, but once they've started, they can manage, but they just don't know how to start. Swallowing problems can occur where they, can't, they can put their food in their mouth and they can chew it, but then they just forget to swallow, so they keep on chewing. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that a lot. Yes, it's very it is common, isn't it? <laughs> They don't see the meal in front of them as they've lost their peripheral vision, so they actually don't know the meal's there. 
I've actually, with that one, I've actually seen in, in nursing homes where they're sitting opposite somebody that they'll go for the opposite person's meal because they can see that and they think it's theirs. <laughs> I know, then that gets, causes all sorts of problems, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, they might might not be able to sit still at the table and they keep getting up. So, Nina, what can we do to help with all these problems? Well, Claire, keeping things in a set pattern and routine like having meals at the set time, always sitting at the same table, are things that can help prepare the person for knowing that they're going to eat a meal. Only putting the cutlery that is needed for that particular meal out and not setting the table for, you know, an entree, main course and a dessert because that gives you too many pieces of cutlery there. If the meal is on a tray, then only putting one meal out at a time. I've seen in nursing homes they'll put the the soup and the main course and a dessert on the tray and that that you know you can see them all mixing everything up and like you said it's just too much food all at once really Mm. yeah yeah too much you don't know what to do with it or where to start yeah so we can stay with the person to help them stay on task and then you're watching them and making sure that nothing is going wrong you can notice if they are picking up their cutlery And if they're not, then maybe you can put the spoon or fork into their hand for them to see if that's enough to start them on their journey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if they need to have their food cut up, but you're with company, don't bring it to the table and then cut it up. Please cut it up in the kitchen and then bring it out because that's very embarrassing for them. I know. It's part of the socialization too, isn't it, really? Mm, Yes, absolutely. And don't overload the plate, as I said before. Um, it's best to give them seconds uh, and not yeah. overload the plate. I'm just going to tell you, my mother-in-law, if you if I ever went round there and I brought a cake or, or something, I'd say to her, would you like a piece of cake? And she'd say, oh, just a small bit. So I'd give her a small bit and then she'd have seconds and then she'd have thirds yeah, and she'd my end up. Yeah. <laughs> my grandmother was exactly the same. My mother used to say, oh, she'd eat the lamb of God, but she'll only eat it in small bits. <laughs> So small bits is better. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it, eh? No. I suppose it also makes you feel like you're not being greedy, you know, if you've only, yeah, you've only got a little exactly. bit on the plate. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think it's very important to have a space that is well lit so that they can see because eyesight does fade. But not glary. You don't want any lights reflecting off surfaces, which is um, very off-putting. Having a nice, calm place to eat is very good away from the noise. If it's really noisy, it, it's very off-putting and very confusing for someone who's living with dementia. It is, and how often have we seen that in, in nursing homes, Neela? We've yes. seen that a lot. Of well, my next point is turn the TV off. No one's watching it. <laughs> but light, light, gentle, calming, soft music yeah. in the background is very conducive to a nice yeah. atmosphere to eat, so that's good. okay when putting the meal in front of them make sure that they are aware that you are putting the plate down so maybe going with the plate past their eyes and to get their attention and point to the plate so they know that it's sitting in front of them so they can look down and see it having the food stand out from the plate is a really big thing i went to one nursing home where we had a lady who was losing weight and when i looked to see what she was eating she was leaving everything that was sort of whitish in colour. So that was things like potato, rice, fish, white sauce, mm. cauliflower, that sort of thing. Turned out that she was actually very hungry, but she had her sorry, her eyesight was fading and she couldn't see it. It all That's looked awesome. white. And she, and she must have thought we were trying to starve her. 
she just couldn't see it was there. So we, we changed the plate and put it on a blue yeah. plate. And she was so happy. I've never seen a woman's eyes light up so much when she got a full meal put down in front of her. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. You don't think of these things. No, you don't. Um, So, yeah, these experiences are good ones. When you notice someone chewing and they're chewing their food for a long time, then you can either say to them, swallow, to get them to initiate to swallow. And if that doesn't work, maybe gently running your finger from their chin down to the base of their neck to encourage that swallowing reflex. If they keep getting up from the table, you might want to try finger foods. And I don't mean party pies and sausage rolls <laughs> oh, here. Oh, good on you. Thank you for mentioning that, Nina. There's more to party pies than meets the eye. Oh, <laughs> please. Finger foods should be finger food that we can take with us when we're going for a walk. Yes, absolutely. And there are some nutritious. fabulous cookbooks out there with nutritious and delicious finger foods. So please try and get a bit more inventive and um, get some really good finger foods happening yeah starting the meal with that drink of water to moisten their mouths in case they are dry it's always a good start makes you more hungry and check to see if they wince when they're eating because if they have got pain in their mouth then that might be the reason why they're not eating much and definitely regular dental checkups but please not when i'm older i don't like the dentist My last big tip is cleaning teeth regularly. There is nothing worse than having a stale taste in your mouth and it doesn't make you want to eat anything. And it colours the flavour of everything you eat afterwards. Yeah, it does. Mm. Great tips, Neil. And of course, there's loads more things you can do to enhance the meantime experience and many more problems. And, you know, each person has a different journey and you do see a lot of people getting quite agitated and quite upset at many times they're thinking, oh, where are the kids? I need to make the dinner, I need to do this. And you can come up with some really innovative solutions to things like that. Get them to help you clear the table, set the table, get them involved in cooking and all sorts. But there's lots more we could talk about. Yes, absolutely true, Claire. It, this is a big topic and we really have only scratched the surface. Mm. So we've talked about the importance of having a calm and routine meal time looked at how ageing can sometimes be a challenge to being hungry enough to eat a nutritious meal, that pain, side effects of medications, hormone changes and mouth problems can affect not only normal ageing, but also those that are living with dementia. We've looked at a couple of problems that someone living with dementia might face and some tips on how to manage them. So I hope you found this useful and I hope you'll join us next time. But for now, it's good fight bye from me. And goodbye from me. (laughs) And to quote Tipa Snow, until there is a cure, there is care. Thank you very much. Bye now. Bye.